The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. Welcome to this week's episode of Wolves Fancast. Matt Guy here. I'm joined and flanked by Stu. you got to say good morning as well. Good morning, Stu. Yeah. Good morning and evening to you as well. Thank you. Yeah. I'm joined by uh, <laughs> Jordan. I thought you were coming straight to me then, Matt. Sorry, I looked at you and the, the visual there, not good yet. So good evening, good morning, whatever, wherever you are in the world. Hello. Yeah, you could be You could be anywhere in the world. And Andy, finally. Hi, yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that was strange. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, good, uh, good times in, ahead for us at the moment because we are in the Europa League round of sixteen. Round of sixteen, and it's well, we're looking at the draw uh, first of all today, lads. What are your feelings on the draw? We've got Olympiacos. Um, however, they did knock out Arsenal. So, what are your thoughts on the draw? I don't think knocking out Arsenal's much of a brag, <laughs> to be honest. They've been shocking this season, so. Olympiacos, yeah, fair enough there to go to the Emirates and get a result. But I think of all of the teams left, that was probably the one I would have wanted. That would That's probably the about as easy as it's going to get at this stage. Okay. Yeah, for myself, I watched the... Um, unfortunately, wasn't in Barca, drinking the lager. Um, so, watched the game on BT and then just didn't turn it off. So, I carried on watching Arsenal versus Olympiacos. And... Two things sprung to mind was Arsenal uh, really bad, like turgidly <laughs> bad. Second of all, Olympiacos didn't have to do a lot to win that game at all, to be honest with you. Um, they could have won it in 90 minutes, got into, obviously went into extra time. Aubameyang scored that over a kick, which was yeah, cracking goal. But then Olympiacos deserved to go through on the night. And I think that, the, I suppose, how you sort of measure how happy you are with the draw... We bought their best player in January. So, uh, you know, I'm fully confident that I think, you know, obviously it's going to be difficult over there. They're going to create a bit of an atmosphere. But, yeah, I'm, I'm confident we'll get through. Stu? I'll watch it. And as soon as Aubameyang scored that goal, I went on just to, on Bet365 just to see 40-1 to 1, Olympiacos to go through. And I went to put it on and it was there suspended, suspended. Mm. And as the, as the cross came in, it came off and not been suspended. I clicked it and it was suspended again. And they, they scored. I yeah. thought, fuck's sake. 40 to 1, that was. I just had a feeling that they'd mess it up in true Arsenal style. And uh, for me, it's in the draw and we're in the quarter final already. We're better than them, like I've said all along. <laughs> I don't fear anyone, and especially not them. I mean, I saw in the first the highlights of the first leg as well. And they, they want nothing special. And we are special. <laughs> so, quarter final we come already. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's dreamland, really. And, and we, you know, I think United had a really, really plum draw, I think it was des- described as. Um, and we missed some of the big boys, as it is. But like you say, you know, fear no one in this competition. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have one or two danger men um, on their team. Youssef Al-Arabi has scored 24 goals in 33 games that he's played this season. So he's going to be one to watch. But really, I mean, is there any... <laughs> Apart from that, is there anything that we're really worried about over the two legs? No. I mean, you, you think of the, the Olympiacos podcast will be saying, quoting Raul Jimenez stats and Troyore stats and Jota stats and shitting themselves. And, I mean, I was, apart from Podence, who's ours now, <laughs> like Jordan said, looking look, down that lineup and you look at Olympiacos from about 10 years ago, proper Champions League team and all this stuff, you look down that line up now and there's not really any household names in it anymore well yeah you're right. and there's 
it's just the same thing. You know, and I don't. All this thing will be. Yeah, it's going to be a hard game. It will be a hard game because it is a last sixteen game, but it's still we are better than them on paper and in fact. Mm-hmm. And to add to that as well, they're unbeaten in the Greek league as well. I'm not saying that's like a mean feat or anything like that, but you know they don't they don't know really how to lose or they don't lose very often. So that's where I think it's going to be difficult to some extent. Um, like I say, though, we bought their best player in January. Um, <clears throat> El Arabi's obviously got a few goals. I think he got the winner, didn't he, as well, against Arsenal. Um, the only name that sprung up to me when I was watching them was Matteo Valbuena, but he must be about 40 odd now. <laughs> yeah. From Did the Marseille days. Still playing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played, he got himself through 60 minutes, I think, and uh, had to come off. But that's the thing, all, with all due respect, you know, they're there for a reason. You know, they've beat Arsenal over two legs, so you've got to, you've got to play them on merit. They're there, but we'll have to play well to go through on two legs, but if we play anywhere like we did in that first game against Espanyol, we'll be absolutely fine. I think Arsenal beat themselves more than Olympiacos <laughs> beating them over two legs for me. Um, but yeah, go on. I love the fact that we're going to have the second game at the Molyneux. Because mm-hmm. if we come back to the Molyneux with a draw or even, God forbid, you know, one, one goal to the deficit, I can see the Molyneux being absolutely electric that night. And that'll be the first time really since probably Man United last season where the fans are going to be absolutely barmy. The only thing about that is the kick-off time. Oh, that is a bit shit, isn't it? That's not ideal. 5.55 kick-off, yeah. yeah. There's going to be some sickies being pulled. There's going to be some, you know... Of various means. There's going to be a few people signing themselves off with the corona, aren't they? They're going to be seen on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to get themselves in trouble, I think. Um, But yeah, like I say, it's not... You know, I've seen people on Twitter moaning about it being like, oh, why are we playing at 5.55? It's not, Wolves haven't gone, can we play at 5.55, please, on a Thursday evening? <laughs> it doesn't benefit anyone, does it? Like, the town centre, the traffic's shit anyway, so let alone that when there's work traffic as well. So, you know, it's just a UEFA thing, and ultimately, you know, it might be 5.55 again in the next round, but who cares? As long as we keep getting through, I'd play at three. I don't care. Just <laughs> well, keep yeah. getting through. Yeah, That's all that matters. We got lucky to get this far without having one of these. Yeah, we did, yeah. Mm. And it was always on the card. I mean, Champions League games kick off at six o'clock as well. People forget that, and it's uh, for next year. Just lodge that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is a UEFA thing. So the amount are we interested to see how many tickets get sold straight away mm. from season ticket holders in the next week? Just okay. just out of curiosity, just just to see if people do find creative ways to get there <laughs> on time. Well, it's, you know, it's one of those, really. But there's nicer problems to have, really. It's nice that we have to have this conversation, even mm. about the Europa League, and then do we have to get there for 5.55 or not in the first place? So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no question it will be a sellout. Yeah. yeah, People will get there come hell or high water. You ain't going to miss this. It's the biggest game in our recent history. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Easily. Excellent. Well, moving on to um, the game from the weekend. 3-2 against Spurs. Um Depending on who you speak to, really, half the kind of Wolves contingent would say that this is a game that comes as a surprise. Not as a surprise, but, you know, that it's another, you know, City double or another one of those big games in this Nuno era where the Wolves are the underdogs and have won. But on the other side of things, a lot of people are thinking, well, yeah, we should be beating Spurs and looking at the team that they had. So I just want to know what your initial thoughts were prior to the game and then going forward, what you took post-game, so the team they put out versus the team we did and, and, and how you thought we fared? Well, I think the only person who will think that uh, it was a big deal, us beating them, is going to be Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Because, like you just said, the team they put out, I looked at that at 2 o'clock or, no, 1 o'clock, wasn't it, when the team was announced, and thought, yeah, that we should be picking up three points here. They haven't got a single striker on the pitch. They've got two decent players. They've got a lot of players who were very hot and cold at the best of times. Yeah, they're there for the taking, and obviously we took them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the same as Andy, really. Um, and I'll put it straight in the WhatsApp group. As soon as I saw that 11 from Tottenham, there's no... Like, our 11 versus their 11, on that Spurs 11, we should have been getting three points. And, you know, duly we did. And I, I sort of said midweek on the Love Sport radio show, I'd like to do a little plug because they like to plug <laughs> us as well, um, that, you know, a point would be a minimum, really, with the injuries they've got. And especially when I saw that team, I thought... And got like this a massive opportunity here, and I don't know whether Mourinho's got one eye on the Leipzig game because he's still sort of in that, and 
he'll want a trophy. So I, I think he'll be going for the FA Cup as well. I think that's sort of why you saw Alderweireld Alde and Vertonghen on the bench. But as soon as that one to eleven, that Tottenham eleven was announced, yeah, by all means, I thought we should have got the three points. And it's it's going to send I may be massively arrogant again. Surely but, not, Stu. <laughs> I never even looked at the Spurs lineup. Okay. The, only, the first I heard about it was when it, I looked in the group chat and everyone was saying, "Oh yeah, this is winnable." But I, I looked at our, our, when our lineup came out, I thought, "Well, we've won this just, just because we had our best possible team out." And you think, "Well, we should have won it at home against them, let alone lost." Should have got something from that game. And Spurs have been quite awful in the last. Well, even the, the Champions League run last year glossed over a lot of things for them. Um, the league format has been brilliant for a while, regardless of Mourinho or not. So I saw our lineup and I was 100% confident. And then I saw the, theirs and thought, well, we have to win this. Yeah. There's no question whether well, we have to win it. Um, and then that first half, and that first half happened, and he's like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> Wolves in the first half. Um, but then second half, fully justified. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk through the goals then, really. Um, I don't know where you guys want to start, but standout performance by you know a few players on the pitch, really. I loved, loved Jimenez's goal and then the subsequent Twitter video that came out of a celebration from what I assume is the Mexican League or something like that, where I think it was posted on the fancast socials where they're just going absolutely mental. Um, it's, it's hilarious, to be fair. But talk me through the goals. What did you guys make of... Well, first of all, we made life a little difficult for ourselves um, in having to equalise twice. Um, but talk me through it. What, what were your highlights from, from the goals' point of view? I think because the first one, the Doherty one, because it was the opposite end of the, the, um, the ground to watch, to us, which that place is incredible. It's just, just get it out there. That place is incredible. It's, it's that good that you wouldn't want it every week, in a way. It's too nice. Hmm. It's got no kind of... Soul? Or? Yeah, it's it's more than soul because if they had any atmosphere, because when they, they had one rendition of "Come on, you Spurs," and it was quite deafening from that big bang behind the goal. Um, but apart from that, it was just silence, which you expect at, at big clubs now. But um, yeah, for the Doherty one was the other end, so we kind of saw everyone wheeling away more than the actual goal going in. But yeah. um, there, for, when the first with the um, Vinagre got done. I thought, oh no, here we go. Yeah. It's going to be one of these. And he was. It's the problem with Vinagra, though. He's, he's excellent going forward, but coming. I mean, it was just a bit naive. Mm-hmm. For someone like, someone as erratic as who he was facing, and you look at him and you think, well, was it Daniel Story made a, a whole article about him? Yeah. Um, saying that he's the epitome of Spurs. Mm-hmm. And for him to come in, I mean, fair enough, great goal. But. It was more things like that in the first half than anything else. Then the goal, Jimenez's goal, and it was just... I mean, even the, the one that I automatically assumed that was going to be given for offside by VAR. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely going through my mind as well, watching it. Because where I was, I was in the corner behind it rather than on the side, so from that perspective, it looked a bit, it looked a bit off. Um, but just try or being a tank. I think that, that was... More than the third goal, that that was the highlight of the day. Him just being him crawling on all fours and then carrying on, it was incredible. I'm amazed that the ref didn't blow for that. I mean, I, I know that he's done the right thing in there and it play on, but he's normally quite whistle happy. And the fact that he let that go and come through, it, it, he, he did very it. well. Which isn't something I say very often for Stuart. Atwell, no, yeah, because he's shit. For but he did very well for an Atwell performance. He wasn't that bad, mm. to be fair to him, um, and he, he wasn't just. As soon, as soon as that came out in the week, that was the the worry. Are they Spurs are going? Mourinho's going to get a team, and you know exactly what's going to happen here. And he's going to mm. be in his ear and in the ear of the fourth official, and things are going to go against us. But he let it flow as much as he possibly could. Yeah, he did. I actually thought he handled the occasion quite well. Not that it was a particularly dirty game, anyway. But I think he did quite well. With well, it. with that in mind, it wasn't the game that I was expecting and going into the game, especially with the tie at Molyneux, where it was basically. <laughs> Murder Troyore at all costs. Yes. <laughs> I think we discussed it in this very room that uh, we were talking about how he, uh, how Troyore would just. I, I don't want to say the word bullied because he wasn't, because he is a tank, as you say. George, what did you take away from the game, mate? Um, <clears throat> just how good we are, I think. <laughs> like, and I know that's sort of going to be a common theme of today's show, but it's um, like it's incredible, really. We we played the most games in the league. 
we've used the fewest players in the league, and the amount of times we've come back and like again, like granted, it'd be nice just to. It's not Nuno's way. Nuno wants to go one, two goals ahead and just control the game for ninety minutes. This isn't his his tactic at all. He wants to control from minute one basically, but. You know what? When we go behind, we're just so good. When we play a further 15, 20 yards up the pitch, <laughs> we're so good to watch. And it goes against sort of, I suppose, how we normally set up. So, yeah, for me, like I say, looking at the, the Tottenham's eleven, I thought we should have won the game before we started. And I'm just glad we got the three points, really. Um, ultimately, it's going to show we've won 3-2 there, no matter what the first half performance was like. We've got three points and... Got a chance to go fourth on Saturday, which is incredible. incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so one thing I've noticed with the Wolves, though, I've never seen a team this resilient. No. To keep coming back from all these, conceding these shitty goals in the first 15, 20 minutes of games and still come back, is it 21 points from losing positions? Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. League high. Yeah, but how good would it be if we, we stopped all this <laughs> shit oh, no, yeah. out? You know what yeah. I mean, as well? Like it's mental. Like we, you know, watching us week in week out. There's, and again, don't want to criticise or moan on here, but you know, we don't want to. We don't want to. Um, you know, we do give away some sloppy goals still, and we've had the VAR things go against us as well. We could be quite easily third in this league, pushing towards where Man City mm. are, and that that's genuinely our level. I think right now, with the league as it is currently, on this season alone, we should be. You could argue we should be third. We're only eight points off. Well, yeah. Um, but cause it, I know we ain't mentioned it really, this Espanol from last week, but the thing that Jim Beglin said in commentary, he said that the one thing about Wolves, they don't care and they don't, they're not bothered when they go behind. They don't change shape. They don't chase the game. They just carry on as is. And I think that's, it still seems to surprise a lot of teams where yeah. you think you, get, you go behind twice and you think, well, you either settle back now and take, take try and aim for the points and then, take it and then that's it or you just be wolves and you just carry on as normal and it's still we've done this for three years and no one's worked it out yet it's amazing I, I definitely understand what you're saying and it always seems to be the way that once we get that equaliser it only ever feels like the game's going to go one way mm. that it's going to be one way traffic from wolves and we'll be pushing towards the winner at the end of the game and you found that out against Spurs and it's, it's a consistent running thing but you're right Jordan exactly what you say mate in that if we can actually plug those gaps and, and concede those early goals and you know, the sky's the limit in terms of where we could be yeah well like I say it's a fantastic team and I'm sure you know the players know this the management know this like you know the Aurea goal he's took it well a bit sloppy but as, as well I think that we're now so used to Johnny being so defensively excellent that that wouldn't have happened against Johnny no, no, you no. know what I mean And but then you know, how Vinagre set up the first goal, that Johnny's not one for a couple step overs, get to the byline and whip it back. So, it's, you know, it's, it's pros and cons. Yeah, isn't absolutely, it, really? yeah. And to be fair, the Aurier goal, I mean, he's shit, Aurier. He's an <laughs> awful player. He does that 999,000 times, it's going into the stand. But he's just hit it that once, and it was perfect. Yeah. You can't legislate for stuff like that. Yeah. But the fact that, that we didn't let that stop us and then we still came back and got another goal and another goal again. It's incredible. And the thing that that's come from it as well, that the fans don't get down art and bite either anymore. Yeah. We expect Whereas, it. Yeah, we expect <laughs> we expect to be <laughs> chasing at some point. Yeah. And we everyone knows that this is Wolves and this is how Wolves play. And it's very rare where we don't turn up like that. And even when we went behind and then we went behind again, it was still I mean Say singing, it was more of a, a certain <laughs> foreign 2000s tune that's, uh, that's going on pretty much for the entire second half. Um, which you might have to interlude into it. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was just... It was one that you think, when are these days going to stop? <laughs> these, I mean, Spurs away last season was incredible. Mm. But this topped it. <laughs> this seemed like a coming of age. Mm-hmm. Performance, yeah. if anything else, because that first half, forget the first half, but the second half and the complete dominance of it in, in parts, it seemed like, yeah, it, okay, we are top four contenders yeah. now, properly. Well, one thing that I do want to focus on, and it's you mentioned it briefly yourself, Stu, is what do you do with a problem like Vinagra? Now, the, what I mean by that is defensively, as we've alluded to, um, he's not the complete finished article yet. However, there is a real potential and uncut gem there. 
the discussion that we had in the WhatsApp group was, well, should he be actually being put further up the pitch um, because his attacking style is actually very good, step over isn't it? and skillful mm. and and you know can provide assists. But then, with that in mind, he's going to have to contend with Podence, Jota, and um, Neto as well. So where does he factor in with that? What do you do in that situation where he's not going to get in ahead of Johnny? You wouldn't have thought, or will he? I mean, what are your thoughts? I think now, I think he's just going to have to, he's just going to have to accept that he's a deputy for now. And there's nothing wrong with having two players for one position. No, it's just rare that for us because we don't really have a big squad, and that's through design, of course. But he doesn't seem to be bothered by. I think that's the main thing about it that he doesn't. He's None of them seem to be mowing and kicking off. And the one who did got sent back to Italy. So, good riddance. And he's part of the squad and he's learning. So, I think that for, for now, that's just going to be what, he's, what he is. In 12 months' time, maybe he has to reassess. Yeah. If, he ain't get, if he's not getting more than, say, 10 or 15 games, starting 10 15 games next season, then maybe then he needs to look at it for himself. But for now, he seems perfectly happy being a deputy. Yeah, fair. Any more I think that's that? right, to be honest. I think he needs to... Next season, he's got to be looking to push on and start in some more games. Johnny's obviously a fantastic player, and there's no question about it. But for Vinagre's progression, he's going to need to start playing more than five, ten minutes here and there. And I think long-term, prob- might, you might end up seeing him leave the club. I'd be gutted to see him go. Because as you've already alluded to, he's an, there's a star in there, you mm-hmm. can just tell. But he's not going to get in ahead of Traore, Neto, Pedence, or Jossa, is he? So he doesn't fit in the front foot three, sorry, at the moment, as he's. So it's up up to him now whether or not he's going to actually kick on and provide a real challenge to Johnny next season. George, final thoughts? Yeah, exactly what both Stu and Andy have said, really. He's, He's obviously a phenomenal player in there. I can imagine for someone with that much talent, he's not going to be happy sitting on the bench most weeks. So for me, and I don't want to sell him or anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happened in the summer with him. Um, even whether it's a we sell him with the option to buy back, you know, like you see modern day football now, um, or even just send him out on loan for a season, but then we'd want something back. Like he needs to be playing football. He's that good of a player. Um, like I said before, Johnny's for me, he's just superb. You run out of objectives for him, really. And <clears throat> I think that there was at times, you know, earlier on in the season where a few players were out of form, Doherty being included. There was calls for Johnny to move over to the right-hand side, but Doherty's showing now, especially how vital he is for us as well. So I, th- I just think Vinagra, unfortunately, is at, at the moment trying to get into a position which is just, barring injuries, you can't drop Johnny on merit or form. Mm-hmm. Same, same with Doherty. If you wanted to do that shift as well, you can't do it. Yeah, and I think you've got to remember as well that he hadn't played a, a first team game before he came here three years ago, and we are his first club, really, mm-hmm. um, in first team football. So it's it is one of them. I mean, I think ideally he's better when we play three five two than three four three, just because he's. He's better, he's better at a, as a wing back when he's got more license to go forward rather than in a three four three when he's he's more reliant only slightly obviously but only more on the defensive side of things. So you could see a situation like that when we play three five two where Vinagra comes in and it's three four three with Johnny something like that. That that makes some kind of sense if if he was if he was knocking down the door saying oh, I need minutes. I mean, we're going to have the same situation with Poden soon because he's hardly featured. Well, you're exactly right. Mm. 100%. And, and, but who do you drop for him? Well, I mean, I mean Traore's got one arm. Yeah. <laughs> he's still he's still almost invincible. So that's the natural thing. But then you've got Neto as well. He's only exactly. 19. So it's... Again, it's, it's uh, nice and problems to have, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. When, it's, when we were all moaning and it was all like, you've got to slit your wrist listening to this in, the, in January when we hadn't got a squad. And now we've got shitloads. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the last thing on Spurs, really, um, I may be mistaken, but I believe Wolves were the only top half team that weekend to win a Premier League game. Is that right? I believe so. I think I saw it on Twitter. Because obviously City were playing in the in the League Cup. Um, so you could. How did they get on City? How did they do? 
They yeah uh, they, they they did all right I believe I oh, think did they, they? Uh, that's good to hear I think they you know won won convincingly maybe not so but I think I, I think I saw HRH with his tweet so I think oh, I yeah. think the villa might have been going down <laughs> down 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 play down, that down. Tune. play that tune I love those videos <laughs> they're amazing yeah so it couldn't have really gone better for Wolves and actually couldn't have gone any worse for the Villa really um, but that's that's uh, for another day. <laughs> Where's it was the perfect before? weekend, really, with the yeah. Albion losing, Villa well, yeah, losing, yeah. yeah, and Sam Morsi pulling out the Lee used celebration yeah, that, as well. Yes, that, so yeah, we, need to, we need to highlight yeah. that as well again on the uh, on the fancast socials. But whereas before, kind of fifth with what's happening with City and UEFA was potentially the target. After that weekend, should fourth be the firm target for us? Just want to know your thoughts on that. I think third should be the firm, firm target. Yeah. There's no point putting targets on it because they're all going to say the same thing, game by game, blah, blah, blah. Just go as much as you can. There's no point. Just as win. We win every game. We're going to be third. It's more than likely not going to happen because we know what Wolves are like. <laughs> Even Nuno's Wolves, we have slip-ups. But you just aim for as much as you can. And anything below, anything below where we are now is going to be a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. Massive disappointment. Um, but personally, I think we've got Champions League. Any, regardless of which route, I think we're in the Champions League next season anyway. So? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm not even doing it to get a reaction and some people slag me off on Twitter tomorrow. <laughs> but I honestly do think that we're in the Champions League next season. And when I'm on you and that, that theme tune comes on and that anthem... And, I don't know if I'm going to be able to contain myself. I'm not crying. Well, is it? I know, you know what? I like that. I like that Europa League uh, music, though. I get oh, chills God. listening to just that. No. To be fair, it sounds like a montage from a '90s James Bond film. So I think it's I like terrible. it. Yeah, with Timothy Dalton though. I was thinking more Piers Brosnan. <laughs> Honestly, they're all shit anyway. So, oh, <laughs> but as Jordan said before, we are the third. We're currently the third best team in this league, so we should be looking to be pushing for third place, let alone fourth. My thought on it is that we're going to have to come fourth to get the Champions League because I think that obviously the, the appeal is going through the courts of arbitration and all that. And I just think that I, th- I think that he'll, he'll, whilst it's going on, they're not going to suspend them next season. I think it'll be like from next year, there'll be some sort of. Yeah, they'll, they'll wriggle out. They'll wriggle out of it somehow. They will. The only way they won't wriggle out of it or they'll let it go is if City win the Champions League this year because that's all they really care about winning it once and then. Well, they'll obviously want yeah. to win it loads of times, but if they can say, oh, Pep, Pep City have won the Champions League, he'll piss off and they'll let the band go for two years as well, in mm. my opinion. Licence to kill was 89, so with Prius Brosnan, <laughs> 90s bond. It's great. Well, on that, it's, it's like a uh, good a time as any to have a short break. And when we return, we're going to be talking to Simon from We Are Brighton Podcast. So discussing the Brighton game, we've got a quiz, thanks to Dan, and we've got Twitter Corner. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design work and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We're really pleased with the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Hi everyone, back with the Wolves Fancast. So, we're going to be getting on uh, one of our friends, Scott, from We Are Brighton Podcast. But first of all, just want to, just before we get him into the discussion... What are your initial thoughts on the game against Brighton? They are 15th in the table, one win in 14 in all competitions. So, for the most part, very winnable game. Are we expecting any slip-ups? Is this going to be the Huddersfield of last season where actually, coming off the back of a great result, we dropped the ball a little bit? What are your thoughts? This Brighton team aren't the same Brighton team that we played last season. They won't sit with 10 men behind the ball like they did last year and try and nick a goal so I think that they will possibly try to get them to actually play football try and get the ball moving so they will leave space to get exploited so I don't think we'll um, 
we'll, we'll drop a bollock on this one. I think we should beat them. No, I think I'll, I'll watch them on Saturday against Palace, and they were no good, no good at all. Um, and the, the highlight was the uh, the Giants at left back. Just oh, big, because, big damn burn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just just because it looks so strange having a guy so tall at fullback. I mean, that, that's what the, my eyes drifted towards. That's because the most they, interesting because, thing about Brighton. Because the game was so bad, and they are, they're not stubborn like last year. And like you said, when teams are open against us, we exploit the open wideness. Mm. Yeah, it showed against Norwich though, didn't it, as well? I think if mm. it's perfect for us, we'll just let him come on to us, and I think we'll just hit him on the counter-attack and control the game. Like I can't see anything other than three points. My only... Again, putting my Wolves cap on is it's Brighton and the history against Brighton is just awful. The proper bogey team, um, but with how we're playing at the moment, we should be we should be winning. We should be you know and how their form as well. We should be picking up three points and hopefully getting in that top four come Saturday evening. Um, so we've got Scott from We Are Brighton podcast on the line. He's going to be the fly in the ointment and tell us about how Brighton are actually going to take us to the cleaners. Um, Scott, so we've got you fifteen for the table at the moment. One win in 14 in all competitions. Is the law of averages on your side for this game, though? What are you thinking about the game coming up? Um, I don't think we've got a hope in hell, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've just just been absolutely dreadful, really, since we played you at the Amex. Uh, I'm not really sure what's happened. At the start of the season, obviously, we were were playing good football, good attacking football. It was a world away from what we were doing under Chris Hewton. Since... Christmas time we, we haven't won a game we're, we're on a run of I think it's two wins in 17 in the league now and you just don't know where the next win's coming from because we don't score enough goals at one end which has always been a problem for us really how we stayed up before was because you know Hewden sort of realised that so we had to be defensive because if we conceded a goal we're, we're in a world of trouble um, Potter's tinkered with the back line to the point where Shane Duffy no longer plays and we just can see sloppy goals and when you do that and you don't score you're, you're in trouble Yeah absolutely I mean who are the danger that men for you then in this Brighton team that you know on their day can cause us some problems do you think? Um, Neil Moore Pye since we signed him you know he's eight goals for a young player stepping up for the championship so a half decent return but he misses so many chances at the same time that you just think, you know, if we had a striker who was a little bit more clinical, would we be in, in the trouble we are? The, the ironic thing about that, obviously, is that um, sitting on the bench, we've got Glenn Murray, who Potter has, until recently, just point-blank refused to use because he doesn't fit into the style of play that, that Potter wants to play. And, you know, last season, Murray was the second most clinical striker in the Premier League for goals to chances ratio if we used him a little bit more as as we have belatedly done recently then you know you think well maybe he'll put a couple of those chances away and obviously he's got a great record against Wolves too so if, if we play him then who knows but I don't think there's many people in our in our sort of lineup who would be who you should be too concerned about at the minute <laughs> well I, I like your honesty to be fair mate so well with that in mind and turning to what We'll hopefully keep you guys up at night. Um, how will Brighton try and stop kind of the, the the current fruitful partnership of Jota and Jimenez at the moment? They're they, they're getting goals, they're assisting goals for each other. What do you think? What can Brighton do to you know to stem that? Do you think? I think it's the key to sort of us ever having a hope in hell of keeping a clean sheet. Is that <laughs> he's got to go back to the the Lewis Duffy partnership. I mean, it was probably one of the best partnerships outside of the top six our first two seasons in the Premier League and it's been abandoned basically because he wants to get uh, Paul wants to get Adam Webster in there who's more of a ball playing centre half which you know it's all very well and good if you're playing a team lower down the league at home and you know you're expecting to be able to stroke the ball out from the back but, but when you're coming to somewhere like Wolves with the attacking players that you guys have got you've got to play your best defenders yeah, I'd agree, absolutely. Any other questions, guys? Yeah. Who's going to get relegated this season, Scott? <laughs> well, that's put me on the spot. <laughs> you... Well, we'll give you bonus points if you say the Villa, put it that way. <laughs> I think Villa will probably go, yeah. I mean, our, our run of fixtures is 
absolutely horrid. We, we've got you, obviously, this weekend, and after that, it's Arsenal. Arsenal home, Leicester away, United home, um, Norwich away. Then we've got City and Liverpool and back-to-back home games. <laughs> <laughs> Where on earth are we getting any points from there? Arsenal. If you're, if you're in trouble, like miles adrift by the end of April, you've had it, basically, and I can't see us getting out of it without pulling off couple of surprise results which we just don't look capable of doing um, so yeah sadly I'm going to say about unless things change dramatically we're, we're probably going to go as well alongside Villa and I think Watford will probably get out of it so us Villa and maybe West Ham because they've got a bit of a yeah, well, well, cheer up, mate. It might never happen. But, um, <laughs> well, just give us a positive one thing before you go, mate. Tell us about your favourite Brighton goal or memory against Wolves. So a chance to right some of the wrongs, hopefully, this weekend. Um, it's funny, actually. It was in a season we got relegated as well. <laughs> that bodes well. Um, when you guys went up to uh, the Premier League 2002, 2003, and you came to Withdean and... Uh, we got relegated that year under Steve Coppel, but we beat you 4-1 at Withney, mm. and it was yeah. I, I was the there. most extraordinary games I've ever seen. The golfing class between the two sides on paper was absolutely huge, so for us to go and, you know, essentially thrash Wolves, as, as we, we we do have a good record against you, I suppose, so that's one positive to hold on to for the weekend. <laughs> well, there we go. I mean, look, it's not a repeat of that 4-1, and, well, the bookies... We'll be losing some cash if anyone's stupid enough to put that on as a bet, but there we go. <laughs> anyway, thank, cheers for coming on, bud. Uh, I can't wish you good luck for the weekend, but good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thanks a lot. So that was Scott from uh, We Are Brighton podcast. Um, quite cheery considering his team is all doom and gloom merchants over there, to be fair. Amazingly honest. Amazingly honest <laughs> and frank and honest. Well, with that in mind, I mean, we mentioned that you know it's a game that we should be winning, etc. So let's get in our head just that it's going to be a good performance. But what I want to talk about is actually the formation that we might play. Now, the reason I say that is we've been playing and tinkering between two formations at the moment, either 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. 3-5-2, you would argue, doesn't play to Traore's strength. And uh, 3-4-3 doesn't really play, uh, sorry, to, um, to Jota's strengths because he's a bit more wide on the pitch. Going into that game and a team that will probably sit back a little bit more because they're the underdogs, what would you do in that game if you were Nuno? 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah. I wouldn't even play. I'd put Star Trail around the bench just because of what happened. Just start with Neto. Mm-hmm. And just destroy them that way. Um, I don't think there's any real point in having five in midfield, not against a team like that. I mean, yeah, they're going to pass the ball around and they're not going to be Hutton-esque like last year. Um, but I think if we need to just get at them from the start. And now... No waiting and sitting in what we have been doing, and just get at them. And you get an early goal against them, and they've got to do something. Then so yeah. three four three for me. There could be an argument of starting with that team that you've just suggested, but going with three five two. So having Neto sitting in the hole. Yeah, you could do because Brighton do like to play with two defensive midfielders passing it around. Putting Neto in there, that's going to disrupt their flow. And then obviously you can always revert to three four three anyway. I'd go three five two this weekend. <clears throat> Sorry to go against the grain, and <laughs> only because um, if we're you know not so if we're playing with wingers and we're trying to put the ball in the box, they're big old boys. So I mm. think that the best way to get you know one way to beat them that's around the back, as John Barnes <laughs> once famously said. So I would play Jota and Jimenez up front as a two, and like I say, I, I wouldn't. I don't like Dendonka playing as the number 10 or whatever he does in there. like It's not his strengths and it's not fair on him. Like If we're going to do that, I'd go with Neto or Pedence mm. in the hole. Just, and I'd, I'd give Troy away the week off or at least leave him on the bench. Ultimately, Brighton isn't a big game for us. Well, it is, but ultimately you'd rather have Troy away for Olympiacos fit and fire in there. Yeah. I'd rather have Troy away for West Ham next well, week. Yeah. Just, just for the... After what he, he tore him apart last season, <laughs> when he when he won firing all cylinders, so yeah, I, I'd I'd give Troy a week off as well. To be fair, okay, that's fair. So we've got two for one on that. But I think either way that you know it goes, it, it's interesting both points you make really. Um, with the with the idea of them having big old boys at the back and, and not being able to fire those crosses in, um, it does make you think 
we are going to have to switch it down. But Nuno, in, you know, in the last couple of games, has been able to change it and uh, midway through a game, something that he wasn't so known for doing like earlier in the season or, or like you know seasons ago. It's ever since that Southampton game, really. That's when we've started to see him tinker with the team during the match, yeah. and that worked wonders by putting Neto in the hole. So I, I genuinely, I, I would go with that. And none of the goals on on uh, Sunday were balls into the box. No. Up high. They're yeah. all along the ground. Oh, and also, you know, we haven't mentioned that absolutely ridiculous run by Neto. Yeah. At Spurs. How good was that? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Like, I mean, I know a couple of months ago when I was hosting one of the pods, I tongue-in-cheek said about I wouldn't play Neto all that often. But he's really stuck two things up to me and proven <laughs> me wrong. What? He's been Rumor fucking ha- incredible. He listened, heard you. Yeah. That's his chief motivation at the moment. Next time he scores at the Molyneux, he's going to run up to the South Bank into the DX chop. <laughs> <isn't he? laughs> the, the NDL is here. We've just got to you know, accept it. Yeah, Absolutely, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, well, I thought Stu was a secret member the way he was going on a little early, but there we go. So <laughs> my, next, my next question to you guys then. The next five fixtures, I want to put you all on the spot. And I want to know, I want a points prediction so we can look back at this and think how terribly wrong we were. So, because we've got a, you know, on, the case. on paper, we've got a really, really interesting running where come the end of the, these five games, if it's going the way that we think it might go, then that top four, top three argument really, really takes some, you know, takes some uh, steam there. So we've got Brighton at home, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home, Villa away and Arsenal at home. So five very winnable games there. What do you think in five weeks' time or so? Not looking at the fixture dates, where do you think we're going to sit after those five games? Uh, is it, is Villa away is the one for me that I think that just because they are so unbelievably shit, they'll just put the, they'll. It's their only hope. It's yeah. the thing that they'll cling on to for the rest of their lives. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, that's that's the one that I. The only one that I'm worried about, really. We should be winning the others, really, to be honest. I think we'll be sat 10 points better off. I think we'll lose one and we'll draw one. Don't so, ask me which yeah, ones. Ten, yeah, yeah, ten's probably... yeah. Mm. So if a possible 15, you think we'll get 10 points? Yeah. Okay, George? I think 10. 10's fair. Um, you wouldn't write us off getting 15. But it's only just because <laughs> of... No, it's only because of, you know, with the... Europa League distractions in inverted commas as well. Mm. Um, I think ten's a fair return. And if we get ten points out, it is going anyway with everyone else in the league. We'll probably be gaining points on them, and even getting ten points yeah. in the next five. Um, like Stu sort of said, that Villa away game, just you just no, like just, no confidence when it comes to derbies at all. Mm, I've been stung so many times. Like on paper, we should be battering them, but yeah, like hopefully we get the w- three wins out of three before we go there. Put it like that. I mean, if we, we get three wins at three before we go there, they're going to be shitting themselves. But we all know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, it seems pretty confident. And, and so we'll get, before we um, go on to the quiz, just a final score prediction then for this game against Brighton at the weekend. What do you think? 3 0. 3 0 again, like Norwich. So you say so with so like blase ass. 3 0. 3 0. 2 3 0. Whatever. There we go. It's not going to be 1 0, is he? No. Really. It's not, <laughs> with, there's going to be goals in it. And the, like. Like Scott said, they don't seem to score many goals. Um, so, yeah, I think through, we, and we don't seem to be bothered putting that many goals past teams once we're done and dusted. So, yeah, 3 0. Okay. I think we'll win. Um, I'm going to go 1 0. Just because I think that, again, I watched Brighton Lassie. I know it's a completely different team, and I know Scott just said that as well, but. They need, like, if they come and got a point, surely Potter's going to think, right, me playing this expansive football, I saw what Norwich done, I see what anyone does who tries to pl- attack him. I think he might just camp in. And they've got, you know, they've got people like Duffy, Dunk, Burn, Webbs, like, they've got a solid enough foundation. If they want to make it prickly for us, they can. So mm-hmm. I think we'll, I think we'll win. I just think it's going to be a little bit tighter this week. I think with them, them sitting in, I don't think they've sat in once all season. I think that's probably why they are where they are. No, no. Mm. And I think it, it was the same with yeah. Swansea as well. Yeah, was yeah, it? of course. Swansea was 16th, 17th at one point in the championship last season because for that reason that he was just going all out attack. And you can't do that. You've got to have no, a balance. It's not in his makeup, is it, to no. do that? I think we'll win handsomely. I'm thinking like 4 1, maybe. I reckon Morpai might get a goal because he, he does get a goal against us quite often. So thinking 4 1. Okay, sounds good. Right, so 
Now we've talked about that, we're on to the main event, the real main event, uh, Dan's <laughs> Quiz. So um, if you guys get your phones ready so we can get your questions down. And uh, we're going to be introducing Mark Rhodes, who is presenter, singer, and more importantly, avid Wolves fan. Are you there, Mark? Hello. How you doing, lad? You Not too bad. <laughs> thanks yourself. Yeah, very good. Very good. Looking forward to this. Um, I'm not great on the old quiz front, but, uh, you know... But we'll see if I'm any good on the uh, on the Wolves questions. Well, you've got the added benefit that I'm hosting this, so you will at least get more than I would have got. So that's okay. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I'll take that. Exactly. Well, Mark, you are the current host of Cracker Jack on CBBC, 6pm, cheap plug. Um, so Indeed, you're used yes. to working with kids, so this should be a doddle for you. Um, so hopefully you'll, uh, you'll do yourself proud on there. But having a look at the quiz, it is a good one this week. So we're going uh, to crack on. Um, first of all, we go any further, mate. Just give us your very quick views on the Brighton game and what you're expecting from it. I expect to win. I expect to win uh, first and foremost because I just think we we seem unstoppable at the minute. Like I can't see anybody beating us. I really can't. Like yes. I, especially at, at home uh, against we, we've got the added bonus now of of going into the next five six matches against teams that we should really be beating. And if that's the case, then I can see us getting in the Champions League this season. I really, really can. And that's, you know, that's from... I, I can't even believe the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but uh, but I, I can really, really see us. I, I can't... There's not a team in that league, you know, Liverpool have, have just been spanked by Watford and obviously they're having a great season. But I, I can't see anybody beating us. I, I really can't. And Brighton, they're... You know they're they're on a bit of a slide, uh, but last season we had problems beating teams like that. I don't think we're having that this season. I think we're we're beating the teams that we should be. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I, I reckon I reckon three nil. Okay, well that's more or less kind of what the guys had said in the room. To be fair, so I think yeah we're all on the same boat about that. And it's a very winnable yeah. game. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's going to be a cracking game, and uh, I'm looking forward to it myself. Excellent, mate. So, we're going to go ahead with the quiz. So, what we're going to do, Mark, we're going to go with your answer first, um, and then we're going to put it to the other guys, because we're going to get their answers I can see in front of them. So, we're going to start with question number one. Are you guys ready? Okay, so, can you name the only team Bright Enabakare has scored against for Wolves in the league? In the league? Oh, dear. In the league? Locked in. Andy's, Andy's, Andy's very Andy, quick yeah. to lock in there. Wow. Andy, Andy was there. I can, that's the only team I can think of. So I can name many teams he's missed for. <laughs> yeah. Um, for what? Oh. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Oh, God. In the league... Uh, We're all going to be wrong, Mark, don't worry. <laughs> it's no pressure. Sheffield Wednesday... Okay, locked in with Sheffield Wednesday, okay? Let's go around the table. I went with Ipswich. Ipswich? I went with Burton. Burton? I think it was Barnsley. There was one person right in the room. Burton. And it is Barnsley. Barnsley. So that's 1-0 to Andy. It, didn't he score the late, late winner? That was something. When that and die? When yeah, he took yes. his... Was him and, yeah, they both came on as subs and both scored. Okay. If I remember correct. Lads, if this is the level that I am in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, welcome to my world, mate. So, question, <laughs> question number two. How much did Wolves reportedly pay for former Brighton player Stephen Ward on his arrival from Bohemians? Oh. Oof. Oh, it's got to be relatively low, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm locked in as well. Uh, 75 grand. 75 grand, okay. 125. 125. I've gone for 45. 45. Gone for 50. 50 grand. 50. Oh. We're all in the same ballpark. Mm. You're all in the same ballpark. You're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer, now I don't know whether to give this as one point to whoever's the closest, but there's t- two of you are as close as each other. So the, the figure was £100,000. So actually, 75 and 125 are equally as yeah. apart from each other. So That's a point each. I think it's a point each. I'm feeling generous tonight, so it's a point each. So you're off, you're off, you're off the mark, mate. Hooray. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so question number three. So that's uh, a point each. Uh, Jordan is sitting on zero. Nil point. Nil point. So Super Romain Sace currently wears the number twenty-seven shirt, but who wore the number twenty-seven shirt before him? <laughs> oh God. Um, I know who did wear it because I had it on my back of my shirt because it was free printing. You never had him. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to say, I swear, no, I swear, it wasn't Carl Court number twenty-seven? Yeah, hadn't Carl, when he got the hat trick, yeah. the, the club shop did free printing, so I, I took them up on that. Uh, so before Roman Sace, 27. I was going to go Ella Kobe. He never scored an hat trick. Nah. <laughs> so, um, this is, so this is 2015. Um, is there any players from that time now? Because it's all like, it, it doesn't exist anymore. No. <sighs> oh, that's a tricky one. It's impossible. Right. I, don't, I think, yeah, I'm locked in. I think he might have still been there, but, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, George, George and, Duh. Okay. Is <laughs> uh, anyone any more around the table? I've gone for Casper Gorks. Pure guesswork. Wow. Any more for any more? I've gone for George Margarita because I thought he might oh, have been okay. given a squad number. <laughs> Big Grant Holt. There's one person right in the room. Big Grant Holt. Oh! oh. Grant Holt. Yeah, Grant Holt. Big Grant Holt. So Stu, Stu storms so, into the lead on two. I was just thinking of that desperate night in Bristol when he when he came on. For him and Lafondre. Him and Lafondre for half time oh, for a Falby. Awful that was. Okay, so this is this is a long one now. So this is going to take a bit of listening. So, <laughs> ten years ago this week, Wolves manager Mick McCarthy said, "I'm not going to do the accent." We played well, but I'm sick of saying that. If we maintain those standards, I firmly believe our look will change. Blank would expect to score that chance at the end, but it's a story of our season. There was a mistake at one end and a miss at the other. Name that blank. In 2010? Uh, ten years ago? Ten years ago this week. Okay. Ten years ago. Um. I'm, I'm going to go Sylvan e blank. Okay. Any more for any more? Locked in. The thought on everyone's face. Uwalumo. I can't think of anyone prolific at that time, really. Yeah. I was gonna. Put, I was gonna go with Seb as well, because that's the only. Okay. Fletcher. Okay. Well, you kind of went the wrong way with the question, guys, because it was it wasn't prolific. Well, not with us anyway. So it was Sam Vokes. Do you remember oh. when he missed against Man United? Yeah, he had oh, an open yeah. goal, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it was, um, it was Man, it was a Man United for Sam Vokes. So Stu's still ahead on two there. Um, this is where the tenuous questions come into the Wolves links now, which I really, really <laughs> enjoy. I love these questions. So, since two thousand and nine, Tony Bloom is the current chairman of Brighton. He is also a World Series of Poker player. But can you tell me his poker nickname? <laughs> I thought it was going to go Mr. Bloom from CBeebies then. Um. <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> what's, it, what's his name? Tony Bloom. Tony Bloom. I'm trying to think what earth. It's going to be something stupid, isn't it? it certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give one. I'll, let me, I'll give a slight clue now. If anybody watched that program recently, um, the Masked Singer, it's something along those kind of lines. So, don't think of bread. Think of bloom. Don't think of bread. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Nah, that does not. Uh, help I did not watch the show. No. Oh, it was excellent. What was that? Sorry, uh, mate. The, 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 flower, the, the flower man. I don't know. Oh, oh, we'll take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone with flowers. Flowers, okay. I've gone for the Brighton Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone with bouquet, thinking along the flowers line as well. Am I the only one that didn't uh, think of flowers? Oh, amazing. Um, well, actually, no. It was the lizard. <laughs> the lizard. Right, okay. Not sure really how that works, but there we go. You're, you're right. That's pretty tenuous. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> so along that theme, so we can. T- it can be took to a tiebreaker should somebody other than Stu get this right. So, here we go. Brighton 
used to play at the with Dean, but with Dean Saunders as manager. <laughs> who did he get his first Wolves win as manager against? So basically, who's was which team did Wolves beat to give Dean Saunders his first win as a Wolves manager? God. Blimey, we should know this. He only won about four. That's that. That six months is purged from my mind. Um, oh yeah. Uh, ah. I can remember one win to be honest, so I'm going with that one. I can't even remember one win. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can remember what I've got. I can remember the one, and then I've gone with. I think we beat these as well. I could be wrong. So, so Mark, we'll go with you first, mate. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Leeds. Leeds. Okay. I'm going to Ipswich again. Ipswich <laughs> again. Yeah. I can remember we beat Blues, didn't we? When Ebanks Blake broke his leg, but I've gone Millwall. Okay. I've gone Millwall as well. We beat him away. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so the answer is Millwall. So that has taken it as an equaliser. We've gone 2 2. Uh, so we will give the tiebreaker, which is exciting. But everyone's in for the tiebreaker, but it's only going to matter uh, to Andy and Stu. So to win the game, what win percentage did former Brighton manager Mark McGee have at Wolves? Jeez. I bet it was low. I'm going to go 38%. Okay, 38%. Mm. I think 34. 34. I'm 32. 32. <laughs> if this comes out 33, <laughs> no. I've gone 23. So I thought we were turgid under McGee from on. 23, I've gone. We, had, we did have one really good season. Yeah, you were there that um, long after. Okay, so. What, Mommy, Andy, what was yours again? 32. What was yours, Stu? 34. Okay, so the actual, who got that correct? Mark, you were the closest with 38 because the answer actually was 40.9. <laughs> wow. So that means, yeah, it's oh, not God. bad. So I can't Stu, remember the dark days of that. You are uh, this week's <laughs> champion, mate? Yes, back in the crown. Is that your first so, win of the season, Stu? Uh, no, it's my second. <laughs> so, Mark, how, how was that? Was it as daunting or as tricky as you thought it might be? You know, you know what? I didn't get hardly anything right, but the, the standard of questioning was magnificent, lads. It was, good, to be fair. <laughs> it was really good. I enjoyed that immensely. Thanks for having me on. No, you, no, we're happy to have you. Thank you. So you didn't get a chance to beat the pundit, but you got you got more than I usually get right. So that's that's a bonus. So thanks for coming on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. That's been great. Hey, hey lads, you're doing a cracking job. Keep it, keep it up. It's uh, it's nice to uh, hear proper Wolves fans. Really appreciate that, boy. Take it easy. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Mark. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. There we go. Stu, well done, mate. What a nice young man. He is what a nice young man. <coughs> you can tell he's a TV presenter. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's right. Ali knew who Mr. Bloom was from CBeebies. Of course. He's probably worth him. Probably, yeah. Uh, the, the dark, seedy underbelly of Mr. Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um, so we're going to move on to Twitter Corner now. There's, um, there's the title. <laughs> just to wrap it up. The dark, seedy underbelly of Mr. Bloom. There we go. There's the title. I like it. So... Let's go with... Let's have a quick look. Going to go with a uh, pretty serious... Well, serious. <laughs> not talking about coronavirus or anything, but uh, Jamie Waters23 <laughs> uh, wants to know, what's the priority signing next summer? So I'm, what I'm guessing by that is he means in what position? I don't need an hour and a half to think of this. <laughs> I've got no idea. Um Probably midfield because we still haven't got anyone apart from Neves and Matinho. Gibbs White's a load of wank. He's never going to make it. We've got Jordao who's still very young and unproven. And then there's Dendonka. Other than that, there's no one else. So midfield for me. Okay. It's difficult to argue with that really. Um, we haven't got a backup striker, but that's not priority. Is it? If you're looking at signing a superstar, you're not signing a superstar as backup. Probably is midfield, but if we're Champions League, we are going to need more than the 17 or 18 players we've currently got. Yeah, we're going although to in, in that interview in the um, in the three papers at the weekend, he said he wants to get the, the squad smaller. <laughs> <laughs> get it down to 15. <laughs> I think for me, what we do lack is, and again, we've gone three four three a lot recently, but we still lack like a number 10. Mm. We lack someone to actually... Saying, Break the lines. And well, we're saying that like we scored four the other week, we scored three on the weekend. But it sounds sad. But yeah, we do like that sort of creative. 
spa. I, I do think Neto can fulfil that. I, yeah, Because yeah. he looks like he's capable of playing anywhere along that. Yeah. Put it like this, after line. watching Sunday as well, if, and I don't think he'd ever become available, but if like Phil Foden was available for a year, yeah. he'd be superb. Mm, yeah. Superb. The only other argument as well of strengthening, I think he's centre-half, but then you've got the god who's Roman Sace who's just been... He hasn't put a foot wrong, has he? No. So you would argue we need centre-half, just another volley, basically, to co- go the other side of Cody, but, yeah, I wouldn't want to drop Sace in a million years at the minute. No, absolutely. I've already started writing the end-of-season blog for Sace, because he's going to win Player get, of the Season. Get the, vote, get the votes in. Get the votes go, in. I like it, yeah. I like it. So, Alex Beckett, number two, uh, wants to know, what's the best food you've ever had at a ground... This year's sausage rolls at Molyneux are one of the best things I've ever tried at <laughs> football or not. Keep away from the halloumi wrap, though. It's a massive disappointment, uh, which is a shame because I love halloumi, but there we go. And sausage rolls are like four or five quid as well. They yeah, are, yeah, they're they quite are expensive. Girthy. To say, you could, if, well. you threw, if you threw it at someone's window, it's going through. <laughs> so They're better than the shitty, sweaty ones they used to do. They're a lot nicer. But me and a couple of the lads from the fancast are on that... Uh, Board, board. We're in a meeting with um, <laughs> Rush Jones from the the Wolves board, and we got to sample some of the foods and that. And they haven't been able to roll a lot of it out because they haven't got the cooking facilities. So in the South Bank, all we've got really are those sausage rolls. We haven't got the burgers or the halloumi wraps, but we have tried the the wraps and they are really nice. But I don't know how they translate in the ground when they they're not freshly cooked and, and they're stuff. incinerated to an inch of life. Yeah. Um, the one, the balti pies we used to have about five, six years ago that would had like a, a naan bread lid. Oh, hello! They were incredible, and but I think it was the last time we were in the Premier League, and they had um, if you had you had normal and you had a massive size, so you had two sizes of balti pie. Obviously, I had the bigger one, um, <laughs> but they were I'd never seen them anywhere before or since. So that, that's that's a blast from the past. that's never been revisited for me. That's the best. Jordan, what's your um, favourite delicacy? <sighs> I mean, I don't really go for the food at the ground. Like, not recently, anyway. Like, one bit of food I do remember, and it's probably when I was uni and starving. Like, a lot of my mates are Albion fans. Sorry for swearing on the show, but <laughs> we used to go watch Kitty Arias, and they were like renowned in the land for their pies. And I will tell you what, that's a good pie that is. And they're struggling at the minute, so get down there and get a pie. <laughs> get a pie. Get, get a pie. pie. Help I them went, out. Get a pie. I went to um, Wigan a few years back. Their pies were really nice. Yeah, Their actually, meat taste was yeah, yeah. banging. That was Wigan's not bad actually. Since since you brought the uh, the the forbidden word up, yeah. let's just get it out there. Where do you go Saturday? <laughs> that there was a free ticket going. <laughs> oh yeah, for a game at the Hawthorns on Saturday. And I was sat next to the angriest man in the world, <laughs> who just pissed and moaned throughout this whole game. And I was stood there just trying to suppress a laugh when Sam Morsey scored and did that celebration right in front of us. It was quite superb. Well, I think if it was any other result, we'd give you more stick. But actually, you know, Agent Andy's gone in there and done... I I had to go to the toilet because I was going to lose my shit. I was like, (laughs) this is too funny. I need to go somewhere on my own for a minute. Okay, so finally, one Nathan Judah asks, Fiend dropping the title to Goldberg, thoughts? So there's a wrestling one because you can't go an episode without. I've quit. I'm done with w- WWE. Oh, yeah? Done. Is that, is that yeah. You, you, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah. That was the line for me. Okay. Fucking awful. I ain't watched any of it since he's been on BT. Amazingly, because I couldn't record that easily. Yeah. Um, but I, now I've just, I just haven't gone back into it at all. I, I don't know. It's, it's the same thing when I was, when I was in, in it for that 18 months and I was watching absolutely everything. And then it just slowly drifted away again and started getting worse and worse and... I even got him back into AEW like the uh, like the cool kids do. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, you need to get on it to be fair. Um pass. Um <laughs> obviously heard of Goldberg, you know, from my my time of it all. Um I think I'd only really go, ever go back and watch it if um, DX come back or I w- I'd want it to go pure attitude here and I'd be back and you know, I'd get the merch, I'd be all over it. <laughs> I would genuinely be there, but yeah, from like you know your guys' conversations in the group, it doesn't really make me want to no, put it on either. No. <laughs> I, was on, I was on Amazon the other day and they had the remember the DX ice hockey shirt. Yes, they had some of those like twenty six quid. I, really? I, I was That's t- actually really good. I was very tempted. Well, the only thing I'll say on that is, and and to take it actually seriously because I do with these things really sadly, um, you can't have the fiend and Goldberg for sorry the fiend and Cena for the title, so you have to drop it to someone. So there we mm. go. One of those, really, but we, we're high praise for AEW at the moment, so 
go and watch that. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen any before, go and watch AEW because it is, it is really good uh, good action there, to be fair. What is that on? Uh, ITV2, I yes, believe. Yes, so you can get it on ITV Hub. Or on Fight TV. Mm. Is it free on Fight TV? Don't know. Yeah, I've got the app, but I've not, I tend to watch it. I have ways and means. Nefarious means, mm. yeah, so there we go. So that's it then, guys. So thanks for listening. Um, we'll wrap that up now. So thank you. I've been Matt Guy. Stu, any, any last words? <laughs> there is only one thing <laughs> it, it is more than words it's the, it's the theme of the uh, it's going to be the theme of the summer when we get the Champions League okay should we just have a moment yeah. of silence a moment of silence and appreciation for La Mortageur beautifully pronounced as well there we go goodbye for me <laughs> I don't know how to follow up on that really <laughs> I didn't know there was props coming um, I suppose just bye yeah <laughs> see you later see you next time Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks a lot, everyone. See you later, guys.